0: hello and welcome to the welsh rugby podcast before we begin just a massive thank you to however you are listening to this we really do appreciate your support we record the podcast every monday and if you do enjoy it make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode why not drop us a review while you're there Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. I'm your host Ben James and I am joined by Mark Orders and Simon Thomas. Uh, It's what time is it now? It's 11.17 and we are currently trying to pick the bones apart of a Welsh rugby defeat which is becoming a bit of a habit. I mean rugby's been away for the longest time and yet some things haven't changed. It's another Welsh defeat under Wayne Pivac, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's four in a row now and um, the the pressure will really mount up ahead of the rearranged Six Nations game against Scotland next week. I mean, France are a very good team, played some lovely stuff tonight, five tries. But it has to be said that um, they unpicked Wales in a worryingly easy fashion on occasions there's been It's inevitable, isn't it? He's in that camp again, Mr Edwards. He's there in the French camp. He was the focus in February when Wales lost. Again, I've been looking at the responses tonight, social media. Why did Wales let Sean Edwards go? We're going to have it all again, Mark, aren't we? And um, it puts pressure on Wales. But you have to be brutally honest about it. For all that France were a very, very fine attacking side... I think Wales were found wanting defensively, and their system was unpicked rather, Mark, wasn't it?
2: It it was, and they, yeah, you're absolutely right about the defence. I think they're up to something in the region of 15 tries in the last four games now, and um, you know that that's that's sort of worrying to say the least, you know. Um, But they lacked, I thought, Wales were out-muscled a little bit as well, a forward. I thought they lost the collisions a little bit. And, um, you know, they need guys like, uh, I guess, look, I'm cutting to the chase and looking at the changes already. But, you know, if Will Rowlands is fit, he, he might add a little bit of ballast possibly in the second row. Um, alongside Aliwin, I think they missed a guy like Ross Moriarty as well, who brings a physical edge to proceedings. They needed to be knocking back some of those French ball carriers, uh, and they didn't do it. But you know, yeah, you got to give France some credit because Dupont was on another planet, and uh, vakatawa was right alongside him, and uh, Wales didn't have players like that. What What concerned me, Mark, I was
1: you know doing the analysis on the game as as it went along and um, there was certainly a lot to, to analyze in that first half in terms of wales's defensive fragilities and for two of the tries I think the concern was we become so used to haven't we to this kind of blitz or rush defense in the in the edwards years where wales would come up as one red blanket wonderful organization as one unit but for two of the tries, it, it, it you had the old dog leg, which we haven't become used to seeing for Wales. A couple of, in the first um, instance, I think Reese Webb came up, up in the line. Rhys Carey was behind him in the line. Untamak, who was a wonderful player, spotted the mismatch, sped past Rhys Carey. Nothing Reese Webb could do because he'd come up a bit too far. And then also, I think when Dupont scored, when Vakatawa went through the middle, similar just in Tipperick stepped up a little bit, and good good feed from Gail Fuku, just stepped in, gave the pass. Vakatawa through, and in an instant, both Tipperick and Falatawa were out of the game. Just as for the first Dupont try, I think it was when Vakatawa wide gave a one-handed offload, and that took Bigger and Adams out of the game. So we were getting sucked in and outnumbered rather easily, and you do have to worry a little bit about the defensive organisation, I think, um, which obviously is something which has been talked about before.
2: Yeah, it certainly has. And um, is it all down, you know, is it just the Sean Edwards factor? You know, when Warren Gatland was coach, everybody knew what the songbook was and, and they were all sort of singing out of it. And, the songbook seemed to suit the players. I'm not 100% sure that the songbook at this point, under Wayne Pivak, is suiting the players that Wales have. And it, it was essentially a conservative game plan that Gatlin uh, employed, and it worked. And Wales were one of the hardest sides to beat in world rugby. And in the space of 12 months, really, um our defence, you know, has become a bit of a swinging door. And uh, they've got to put that right. And um, and that'll be the pressure on pivot, really. Um, and what does he do, you know? Does, does he sort of look around for new players? Does he have a rethink on the game plan? Um, are there good players out there? You know, I, I sort of, I, t- I was chatting to someone earlier and I was saying that, you know, if you rewind about, I don't know, possibly to the Ron Waldron era. Ron was making changes, but the players who were coming in weren't that much better than the guys who were being dropped. So it's it's a really, really tricky position for Pivak to be in. Um yeah. You know, I i say I was a bit surprised. One man wouldn't have made any difference tonight. Wales were so outgunned and they were outclassed by the the brilliance of the French backs and the physicality up front. But you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. They they left a Beard out of the set up. Beard had a storming game tonight. Um, really, really good for the Ospreys. As was a player who didn't perform two weeks ago. Derwy Lake. He he, he looked. Future international, all over him. He was uh, he, he was achieving turnovers. He was making big tackles. He was carrying. He was terrific. Um, not saying you bust him into the side straight away, but it, it's a real dilemma for Pivot now. What he does in terms of his changes, or does he sort of alter his game plan to suit the the players who did so well under Gatland? Well, the other concern for me, Mark and Ben,
1: I think you're going to look at the defense tomorrow. They're not going to come up against, um, you know, a, a structured, easy-to-defend-against side in Scotland, especially if they go for Finn Russell at 10 They've got strike weapons now, in, with Van der Merwe and Darcy Graham. You know, two contrasting wingers. They've got a few options there in midfield they can go with, and they will look to play the Townsend way. Is the way is to attack with ball in hand, and against a side that's looking to do that with with a fair quotient of skill, as France had, your defensive structure and your shape has got to be pretty much spot on. So, you know, let's be honest. You know, the Scots will have looked at that tonight and have thought, well, that that's a defence we could have some joy against. And that's the concern going into next week.
0: It's funny because, you know, you think Wales conceded uh, so many tries tonight. And eff- effectively, every time they made a mistake, France did punish them. That's that probably... Compounds thing, doesn't it? Because you sometimes you can make mistakes in defence and, and things won't punish. But France finished every opportunity that came their way tonight.
2: Oh they they really did, and you know, I thought du, Dupont ran superb support lines. Vakatawa sort of just ripped open the defence, and I. Uh, not only did he rip it open, but he, he sort of had offloads after making the breaks as well. And you know, it, 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 these, these were exceptional players. It, I go back to it, you know, what does Pivak do? You know, Players who were good on Friday haven't become bad players on Saturday. I mean, someone like Dan Bigger has done so much for, for Wales over the years and he, he's, he's still a good player. And a lot of those guys who, who, who weren't at their best tonight they they are still the players they were yesterday. So you know, it, it, it it's it's a huge sort of call for Pivac on what he does really um, this week. Um, you watched uh, Liam Williams the other night, Ben. What what did you think of him?
0: I mean, um, it's it's hard to judge Liam Williams' uh, performance in, in rugby terms simply because there was very little rugby played. Last night it was um, eighty minutes of 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 just humdrum, sort of dullness, and occasionally rugby broke out. So it's it's a job to know where Liam Williams is. Um, I imagine they'll 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 bring him back in in some shape or form. Um, I I mean, looking at the wings tonight, George North just didn't get an opportunity really to get into the game. I think he had a couple of chances to sort of to get, to get in and late on. And when he did, he he got around the defense and he he looked good, but he just didn't get those opportunities that often. Josh Adams, possibly, you know, possibly the worst performance you've seen from Josh Adams in a Welsh shirt in a, in, in a while, simply because he was being asked to do things that probably didn't suit his game. I think Wales were, as poor as you've seen them on kick chases and, and, and competing for kicks as, as, you, as you would have in a long time, and 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 that was seemed to be that Josh Adams was the primary target for a lot of those, and it, it just didn't seem to click. I don't I don't know whether there was a win at the Stade de France or Reese Webb was taking distance off his box kicks or or Adams and bigger were over on it, but they they didn't get close to even claiming one in the first half, did they? And, and Josh Adams just didn't look great under the high ball.
1: If if you look at it, Wales lost the aerial battle. They lost the battle of the collisions. After minute one, when they scored a a fine try, they really didn't threaten an attack pretty much for most of the rest of the 79 minutes. The only other score, a close range surge over the line from Nikki Smith was a consolation. They weren't able to cope defensively. So they weren't able to replicate what France were doing in attack and they couldn't repel what France were doing in attack. That's quite a long list of worries. Let's be honest, isn't it? You know, and if I mean, if, it, it's frustrating in a way, isn't it? Because they started so well, Mark. I mean, the try they scored right off the training ground. You thought, hey, this is—you couldn't have scripted a better
2: start, could you? No, you're right. But I mean, what Pivak has to do is his first priority will be to address the defensive issues because they—they they were so glaring. And can you do that in a week, Mark? Can you do that in a week? Whoa. What I would I, say uh, about this is... are they are they systemic? Are they individual errors? People running out of the line and when perhaps they shouldn't have been running out of the line. Reese Webb did it. Tipperick did it uncharacteristically. Um, are are they systemic errors? If they are, you know, do you change the system? Are individual players to blame? possibly saw so. in those, They were trying to sort of blitz and France were just too skillful and, and too quick. I mean those France two, were very good. Those are two really, France was really good. And I, I I I think France they they sort of destroyed England out there, albeit in front of a century or eighty thousand uh, crowd. Um so Wales uh Wales haven't been the first side to take a can in off them uh out in Paris this year. And they're looking really good for me and if um, if they continue to develop, they're going to be there or thereabouts for the World Cup in 2023. Oh, they, they're, they're a good side.
1: They're the best side in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment. I mean, they, they probably, I don't think they will win this Six Nations title because I think I think that um, England will rack up the points against Italy and, and get it on that score. But I think they're the best side. And they're a young side, quite a young side. It's only going to get better. Olivon, such a good leader, he's becoming as well. I mean, you've got the, the, the backline talent that they have. I mean, the fullback as well, he's a good player, Mark. You know, he he slotted into 10 for one of the tries with such ease. You know, he's got a monster boot on him as well. They've got a, a, a big pack of forwards. And um, yeah, they're a very good side. But we have to move on now and consider the things that in a short space of time had to be improved. And we've talked about the defence at length. I think we need, also need to talk about the attack. As good as that opening try was, it did reinforce something I've been feeling for a while now, which is for a number of years. Wales have looked at their most threatening off set-piece, first-phase ball. They score a lot of tries. Now, Ben's done peace piece and this and before, how many tries they score off that. It was really well worked. It was such a simple try, if you think about it. One line-out take, one big carry in midfield, one quick ruck, one nice miss pass from tip break, try. Rugby can be very simple like that. The problem was, and this probably goes back to what you said about the collisions, when they were going through phases, they very quickly ran out of ideas and ran out of steam, I guess because they weren't crossing that game line. whereas when France went in with the ball, they were crossing the game line it is the old adage it's a lot easier to go wide and attack with you know with real you know sort of venom if you're going forward you've got the momentum of new. And Wales just
2: didn't have that when the phase is built. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And Wales weren't winning quick enough ball either. And that counts for a lot. So their attacking game was nullified. They thought it difficult to slow the French down. And the um, French were a bit indisciplined. But Wales weren't. And they couldn't get their attacking game going. Reese didn't have a great game behind a sort of uh, a pack, really, that didn't provide him with much of a platform. And uh, a, a bigger didn't uh, really play as he can. But, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big sort of question for Pivak whether he, he tweaks his game plan now heading into this Autumn Cup. Um, next week is an important match. I think it's in Cardiff. I don't think the Scots, uh, we could compare the Scots to the French. I think Wales will quietly still fancy their chances. And... Um, because it's, in, it's at home, after all, okay. It's, uh, it's, at, uh, it's in San which is uh, a different environment. But nonetheless, you know, I, I still think that uh, uh, with a fair win behind them, they could get the job done and that would restore a degree of confidence. But there is pressure on uh, Pivak and his coaches. Uh, got into
1: game. The other thing for me, and I don't know what Ben thinks about this as well, is that the one thing we've seen since rugby resumed in August is that the Jackal has become the most important player in the game. Absolutely crucial. You saw it again today with the Ireland game against Italy. The number of times that the Irish crossed the, the park were winning turnovers. Um, and Scotland, in particular, Scotland had a whole range of players doing it. Um, now, Wales didn't I, – I, I'd be interested to see the stats on this. You might know, Ben or Mark, how many turnovers Wales won at the breakdown, either in terms of clean turnovers or penalties won. Not an awful lot spring to, to mind. I think there were a couple of defensive ones near the Welsh line. But if you look at the way the Scarlets played under Pivac when they had the, the great couple of years, a lot of their strength was based around Tyburn and James Davis over the ball and attacking off that counter ball attacking off turnover ball. So do Wales have to look to try and get more jackals into their game, possibly to look to play to that strength? But there is attacking strength off turnover ball there. Do you look for someone like Sam Parry starting, was very effective over the ball, Mark, isn't he? He you know, yes. is. It's a difficult one because it's become the most important factor in modern-day rugby and Scotland will 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 test Wales the Hamish Watson is very good over the ball Fraser Brown the hooker is outstanding over there someone who's played um, in that position in the back row previously uh, they will really challenge Richie as well is good over the ball So that is a slight concern for me. And do we have to bring players who are good at that? I mean, Dylan Lewis is good at it, but then does Thomas Francis come in at tight? I just think that's a big area Wales need to look at how they can try and do better in the collisions and in the breakdown over the ball.
0: Yes, it's it's an interesting sort of uh, uh, point. I, I think on both sides of the breakdown, I'm not particularly thrilled with what. Wales are doing less the defensive side. I know you make a good point about what you can do on transition ball. And I think that is going to be something that Byron Hayward and Geth Jenkins are going to look to exploit over time. But I just think, I don't know, I think that there's, there's issues with the defence, which probably isn't lending itself to to to, to going after those turnovers. And if you remember the Scarlets the year after Tyke Byrne left, teams found it very easy to work out how to to play against the Scarlets in that following season, effectively just learning how to to sort of keep ball and go through phases against the Scarlets' defence. And, and Pivak found that hard. I mean, granted, it was a, an injury hit season, but he found it hard to adjust that, and so did Hayward. The issue for me in terms of what the forward's doing at the breakdown is is going forward with ball in possession. We've seen Wales sort of change their pod formation and, and sort of go to a, what is effectively a, a, a well it's a it's a similar to the japanese and irish sort of style of having one forward on the one touch line then pods of two and then a three on the other side but what we're seeing is so often wales ball carriers are getting isolated in the middle of the park and we talk about Wales being good scoring off first phase ball and second phase ball, but the reason they're not good off multiple phases is simply because by the time it gets to fifth phase, it's just so messy. The amount of times Reese Webb and Gareth Davis, it doesn't matter how quick you are to the breakdown. If, if the presentation isn't there because the forwards aren't winning the ball, you, you can't do anything, can you?
1: Well, the thing is, you're right. You, <laughs> we go through four or five, six, seven, eight phases and quite often uh, back from behind where they started. That's been a common thread, is not it? But the trouble is, Mark will agree, we just don't grow massive ball carriers on, on big trees in Wales. There aren't a huge number of them. The Scott Quinnells of this world do not go along very often. Wales have relied on kind of hard yards from the likes of Ken Owens and Jake Ball, haven't they, in recent years. Um, it's very, very difficult. Mark's mentioned Rowlands, and that's a fair point. But um, I guess you have to decide how you're going to play if you're kind of almost accepting that you're going to struggle to win the battle of the Cane line because you don't have those big ball carriers, then you have to play a different way, don't you? Just all tempo and handling. You saw when Seb Davis came on today, the one time a winger was released in that, after, in the second half was when there was a one handed pass over the top from Seb Davis to release Louis Re- Re- Summit. Um So I don't know. It depends the way you want to play, doesn't it? How- if we can't go through people, if we can't get over the game line, then there has to be another means, doesn't there?
2: Well, Paul Connell was saying this during the the World Cup after Wales lost to South Africa, and he said, almost verbatim, that he feels a bit sorry for Wales in that they, they're they not growing or developing these these big men, really, as the likes of South Africa and Australia, England, France uh, perhaps have uh, in abundance. And so, when when you got someone like Rollins there, who does carry ball, and uh, he he is a big guy at six foot seven and pushing nineteen stone, I would think that um, he'd be uh, a prime candidate for selection. As I say, I, I I was I was surprised that they uh, they sort of left out Adam Beard. He he was excellent uh, tonight. He's a big guy. He's been a bit inconsistent, shall we say. Um, but he, he was to the fore, and he's a big guy. He he was he he was, he was sort of uh, he he was making a mess of driving malls uh, and he was making a contribution around the field as well. I, I think Parry is a, a good shout in some respects because I think he could carry ball, but he, he is he is uh, he is good over the ball as well. So. Um, I think, uh, I think he'll come into contention this week. Uh, but selection is all about balance, isn't it? Wales were able to accommodate Gethin because they had Adam on the other side of the scrum. Gethin uh, would probably admit himself he wasn't the the finest scrummager ever. But you, you'd still say over the ball that there, there's never been a front row forward like him. And uh, But... Dean Ryan made the point back in the day that, yeah, selection is you've got to balance these things out. And Wales were able to sort of carry Gethin with perhaps his scrummaging uh, issues because they had strengths elsewhere, which uh, on Adam's side of the scrum, which which, uh, ensured their set piece would be okay.
1: The other one, Mark, I don't know what you think, the other one Wales are missing is Navidi. And I think it's it's a replica of what happened in the World Cup. If you look at the, the semi-final against South Africa, really missed Nabydi in terms of the collisions. But his clearing out and his carrying and his work over the ball just adds a physical dimension with his kind of wrestling ability there. And such a good player at the ball, real powerful surging carrier, always carries beyond his weight and not often crosses the gain line. I think he's someone Wales have missed whenever he's not around, whether, whether that be at six or eight, because you look at it today, I know he's kind of feeling his way back in. But Faletow made a limited impact today, didn't he, realistically? Wainwright's fairly limited impact after winning that initial line out ball. James Davis comes on and that, you end up with, it, with a fairly sort of physically lightweight back row with Tipperick, Davis and Faletow. Um, so it's a difficult one. I, I really do think they miss Navidi when he's not around. Yeah,
0: I think Navidi's a, a, a very good point. And that, and that sort of ties in with, with the point I was trying to make. And you say there about, you know, Wales need to make a decision whether whether to sort of force the tempo if they, they lack the ball carries. And I think this isn't something that's new, is it? You know, Wales for the last 18, 24 months, probably since the, the Argentina Tour 2018, Wales have based their game on knowing that they haven't got ball carriers. So they placed the emphasis in the last two years under Gatland on accuracy. Now you think back to the games against England and Scotland at Murrayfield. They went through 20 odd phases to to build up a try. Just breaking down the defence, picking goes. And the, the key to that is you know that every single ruck you're going to not necessarily win the game line battle, because more often than not, Wales don't win the gain line battle, but it's 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 generating ball speed. You don't have to go forward to break down defense. As long as you have quick ball, you can be accurate to go wide and still catch a defense off guard. That's what Wales need to do now with Pivak. And for me, the issue is there's just not enough forwards at the minute who seem capable of securing that quick ball. It's not it's not about gain line busting carries for me. It's just about break down efficiency and speed. We saw, I think t- tonight, a half penny took a uh, fielded a kick in the second half. And in fairness, this is something that half penny's done a lot more recently. He ran it back and he got past the whole Wales team in terms of players coming back. So there was 14 Welsh shirts behind him and he still got isolated and turned over and only Tiprick was there in support and he, do, he could do little. And it's just things like that where you you, you see players... We're just not efficient at the breakdown, and, and you mentioned Falatao, and there was a moment where I think this is how you're going to see Wales as forwards play. There's not going to be big carries, but I think remember Dylan Lewis threw a bit of a miracle ball to Josh Adams.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he made play. his way through. Yeah, but that's
0: the sort of handling I think we're going to see from the Welsh forwards. Where Falatao takes a carry, and it's not about gaining yards, but it's about hitting edges and shoulders and finding an offload and making the yards that that way. to do that you need to be very efficient when the tackle is made and the breakdown happens at the minute wales aren't that and it doesn't matter who's playing fly half or who's playing scrum half, who's playing in the back line because if the forwards can't do that it doesn't matter what attack sort of setup you've got it's just not going to work
1: the irony is if you look at the best moment of the game for wales which was the, the, the try in the opening minute, the clear-out was actually executed by Josh Adams, come off his wing, and combined with Reese Carey to, to smash the players off the ball. It's the classic thing, isn't it? Everyone's absolutely fired up in the first minute of the game. Everyone's wanted to, to, to clear out. And it was quick rut ball. And all of a sudden, ball comes in the hands of break, one Misspass pass and it's a try. Everything came down to quick ball. But as you say... When you go through more phases, it just all slows up. And when it does slow up, you need a kind of Billy Vunapola kind of character or, you know, a big Duane Vermeulen Steindl character who is your opt-out, isn't he? You know, start again, make two or three yards, go forward, now go again. Now, Wales don't have that. You know, under Gatland, they, you're right. They didn't have it, but they were so efficient in the clear-out that every yard made round the corner was stretching the defence a little bit more. So if you haven't got uh, big ball carriers, you've got to be ultra-efficient in the clear-out so that every hard yard from a a Jake Ball or a Ken Owens is complemented by a clear-out. At the moment, you're not making the hard yards and you're not getting the clear-out, which means you're going backwards, which means you're going to lose the game.
2: Well, you, you mentioned two guys there, and Ken Owens and Jake Ball. Ken is, is, is great at clearing players uh, away from breakdowns. And Jake Ball hits breakdowns like, like a torpedo. And uh, again, you know, Wales were slow arriving at the breakdown, I thought, and and they didn't really come up with that impact and physicality that they did in the Gatlin years. And... Uh, and that cost them, no doubt. And and the halfpenny example is a good one, because they were slow. And I, I think at one point, Rhys Carey, oh, oh, I thought it quite a promising game. Reese was a bit slow arriving at one breakdown, and and the ball was lost. Um, but yeah, you know, at the at the end of the day, it's um, it, it's a week now where it's uh, important for Pivak. and what does he do? Does he does he stick with this? With the with the players he got, or does he twist? I think he'll make changes. I think he has to be.
1: I think I think Gareth Davis might well start at, at scrum half because Gareth has been the man in possession for most of the last four years, hasn't he? And um, that was always going to be a close call at nine. And maybe he does offer a. I mean, the one thing about Gareth is he offers you another ball carrying runner, doesn't he? You know, a strike runner um, who's got the, the physicality as well. So maybe he'll start at nine. Um, interesting to see if Liam Williams comes in. Um, I, was there any feedback on whether halfpenny had any knock because he came off a little bit early, didn't he? Or was that, do you think, pre planned? We, we wait and see on that. I think up front, is I was going to say up front I mean again with Samson Lee Samson didn't look in too good when he came off. I think you'd expect Thomas Francis to start there probably wouldn't you He'd come off the back of um, the you know a fantastic season for Exeter. I know he doesn't start for Exeter but you know he's a hugely experienced international so you'd expect him to probably come in to start if um, and then Rowlands has to be an option coming in maybe alongside Alwyn Jones um, and in the back row. It doesn't, you I mean, don't expect to see Moriarty. I don't, maybe it doesn't sound great, his situation with his ankle injury. Um, you know what? There's stranger things that can happen than see Shane Lewis, who's thrown in at number six, because what he does offer you, he offers you physicality, you know, big time physicality and defense. He's an improving player over the ball. He's a real line out option. And he's a big, big man, a driven individual. He's clearly making an impact in that squad. Um, So I wouldn't rule him out of the equation for being involved.
2: Yeah, the thing is with Shane Lewis Hughes, he's looked good uh, on the club scene, but international rugby is a huge step up. It is. And um, it it, um, so would be quite a big call to throw him in and. And him a, a debut cap. Um, I don't mean,
1: Avdi is not going to be ready for this game. See, you know. So what
2: do well, they Wainwright, do? Well, Wainwright, Wainwright was, was a decent player. Like I say, decent player on Friday. He hasn't become a really bad player. Um, you know, sort of twenty four hours later. So it's a, it's not it's not an easy one.
0: And the other thing to consider. I mean, Pivac spoke about it afterwards. The amount of the, a couple of players coming to after the game and just said that tonight's game was a level up from anything they've played in the last couple of months. And it's important to remember, you know, they played regional games post lockdown. This is the first test match they played. So the 23 we've played tonight, they'll have benefited from this. So maybe throwing in a couple of other players who've had nothing more than regional performance could be a bit of a risk. Well, that's why in a way it makes
1: more sense to throw in Francis and Rowlands, doesn't it? Because they've been playing at a higher level of rugby they've been playing in European and domestic finals
2: yeah it didn't look good for Samson when when he left the field yeah he's um,
0: concussion protocols.
2: Concussion, yeah, is that? yeah so 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 I think that Francis will probably come in even though Dylan Lewis did make an impact and and I think that um will Rowlands will probably come in as well and that will add a bit of ballast to the pack um and he needs it as well um but yeah, and, yeah and, and possibly there is an issue uh, as a good contest at nine again.
1: No, they're two good players, and they will both play well for Wales in the coming weeks. Um, and as you say, it's not easy for any scrum half when you're not getting for forward momentum, is it?
0: No, it's not. It's not. We're re- reaching the end of the podcast. We've only got about three minutes left. On We the need Zoom cheering up now. then. So that's, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, I think if we all sort of try to finish with a brief positive to end this podcast... Um, for myself, what I would say is we talked a lot about what happened at the Gatland and Edwards and how this performance defensively and attacking wasn't like that. But Wales haven't played in seven months. Just remember the amount of times Autumn's World Cup warm ups, the Gatland and Edwards had Wales teams come in properly undercooked in first games. I remember coming back from Twickenham before after the first World Cup warm up game, having seen Hadley Parks and John Davis torn to shreds in defence last year and they hadn't won an autumn first autumn game since for, for 20 odd years did they first first games for Wales have always traditionally been very bad the only thing I'd say about that is
1: within that you knew what would happen over the coming weeks you and did you knew the, you knew you knew the game plan that was going to be developed um, you're looking for evolution with this Welsh side aren't you and um, you'd hoped that after the, the time together in the, in the Six Nations, a, a lot of that evolution work would have been done, and there'd be a clarity about the way they were trying to play. And um, this isn't sounding very positive, is it? Um, <laughs> the, that that's the concern for me. Is like it, it felt like it was a step backwards. So, but there's another game. There's lots of games coming up this autumn. You are right. Teams improve as they go along. So let's just. See what next week brings, but clearly there is a a fair bit of pressure out there. Mark, you got about 30 seconds.
2: uh, (laughs) Yeah, well, it's not much of a positive, but they always say because there were there weren't many positives, but they always say that you learn most out of defeats, and. uh, so you know, we head should head head. be getting used to that. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're in serious learning mode. Uh, and I, I was encouraged by Liam Williams' effort, even though it was up against, uh, you know, a, a sort of team and awful night and very little rugby was played. But I thought Liam was, was a shining light. And, uh, you know, it was really good to see him back as well. The, the irony is that him coming back might see Rhys Samet moving out of the 23 altogether
0: yeah I suppose that, that's, that's one positive I don't think we've got enough time to properly discuss it but that's one positive yeah yeah Sean is rhys Hammer came on showed some nice touches Allum and Jones is equal to test record um, and I think that's literally going to be all the time we've got for tonight's podcast because it's it's, well, it's nearly our bedtimes isn't it um, yeah that's certainly a man of our age it is Benjamin <laughs> yeah, absolutely but uh, well you can catch all the breakdown analysis from this defeat to France on Wales Online